According to Postpartum Support International, one in seven mothers and one in ten fathers will experience depression or anxiety during or after pregnancy. The baby blues is just one mood disorder that can impact new parents. Anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar disorder, and psychosis can occur, and it can happen to anyone. In today's podcast, we're talking with two medical professionals who have a passion for this topic, not only creating awareness, but also making it okay to talk about. Social worker Tara Biarcus and labor and delivery nurse Jessica Skidmore help new moms and dads understand the risk factors, early warning signs, and where and when to seek help. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this quick message. You have one new message. Hey, Katie, this is Sarah Bush Lincoln and Matt Toon calling. We'd like to interview you. This is where you'll be treated like a rock star. This is where you'll soar. This is where your heart is leading you. This is where you'll find your purpose. Sarah Bush Lincoln, this is where you belong. Today's the day for you to make a difference. Apply online at sarahbush.org. Thanks for joining us today for Health Styles. This is Lori Banks, your host, and I'm here with Tara and Jessica from Sarah Bush Lincoln. Welcome, ladies. They're looking, they're looking nervous. <laughs> they told me they were nervous. I'm like, it's audio only. This is our first time. We've never yeah. done this before. Okay. So. Well, you are experts. And, and, and because you deal with things like this all the time, we're talking about maternal mental health. Tara, tell us a little bit about your role at Sarah Bush Lincoln. What do you do? I am one of the social workers in case management, but I primarily cover our labor and delivery unit. So I see, try to see every mom before they discharge from the hospital to do an assessment. And then I also see patients on a referral basis over in women's health care. Okay. And Jessica, tell us a little about, about your role here. So I am currently the patient care leader on women's and children's. I have been a registered nurse on the floor for about 12 years. So I function as a bedside nurse, but also as a resource to the nurses now in more of a management type of position. And you're both moms, correct? Correct. Correct. All right. So we got experts here, not only (laughs) professionally, but personally as well. So talk a little bit about how common postpartum issues are. So postpartum depression and anxiety is actually really common in uh, moms and dads, as many as one in five moms will experience um, either postpartum depression or anxiety. And then as many as one in a thousand moms um, can even have postpartum psychosis. So the first couple weeks after pregnancy, we consider that the baby blues period. Most moms, as many as 90% of moms that have a baby will have some sort of um, depression, anxiety, kind of that roller coaster of emotions. So it really does touch a lot of people, if not directly them having symptoms, likely you know somebody who's gone through that. So when does this usually set in? Is this set in like, do you see it, Jessica, like when people, moms are still in the hospital? Yeah, absolutely. So we have patients who, if they have um, have a history of depression, they're more likely to um, experience postpartum depression. So we screen that on admission, but a lot of the times it's something even further back than that that they assess in the clinic 
um, during their pregnancy. So Tara will get involved early if those signs and symptoms are there mm -hmm. early. So if, yeah. So what are those signs and symptoms? For some moms, um, it can start right after birth. And some things that can put moms at higher risk for that might be a complicated pregnancy, complicated delivery. Um, we know birth trauma is a real thing. So if a mom has some sort of traumatic birth or maybe they had to be separated immediately away from their baby, baby had to go to the NICU or had some health issues, um, that's also going to put moms at higher risk. And we sometimes will start seeing those symptoms immediately. A lot of times that initially presents itself as maybe being detached from their newborn. So not providing newborn care, not changing diapers, not even wanting to Bond. hold their baby. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. not having that bonding time with their baby. We encourage initially a lot of skin to skin and holding their baby and snuggling their baby because that's really good for newborns as well. And some moms who are experiencing those symptoms initially might be very hesitant to do that. Um, I've seen moms just even physically turn away from their babies. They can't even look at them. And I would guess that's hard to reconcile in their head because you're having right. a baby and this is you're supposed to feel this way and you, you don't. don't. And you don't, mm -hmm. yeah. What is that like? And for some moms, they feel initially i think that kind of there's this misperception that as soon as you have a baby you should feel this flood of emotions and connection connection and over enjoyment and you know crying and happy tears and all those things and that really doesn't happen for every mom you know not everybody's personality even is like that um, to where they have that flood of emotions, um, it can take a couple days or weeks even to really feel that connection with their baby. So some moms will, I, I think some moms do a really good job at admitting to us when they're in the hospital that they that they just don't feel right, especially right. those moms that maybe have a history of depression, anxiety, they know what that looks like for them. So they do a good job of saying, you know, hey, I want to kind of hit this head on, be proactive, um, and talk about that. For some moms, I think they truly don't know what's going on, what they're feeling. They're very overwhelmed um, by what's just occurred, and they don't even know maybe that they're half experiencing postpartum depression and anxiety already. How much of this is brought on by the influx or changes in hormones? What most people experience is the baby blues, and that's absolutely hormones. I mean, it's just a shift from, I mean, your whole life has adjusted, and now uh -huh. you need to care for this other person, and it, some people just don't take to it very well. Um, but a lot of people experience the baby blues, mm -hmm. and we talk to every patient about it. So, And that those first couple weeks is what we consider the baby blues period, and that is when most moms will have the that roller coaster of emotions and that's yes your mm -hmm. hormones are so wonky during that period of time and don't even know what is what just happened to you so most people do have that have um are negatively impacted by their hormones beyond those first couple weeks anything <clears throat> past that then we're looking at postpartum depression so will it so regular baby blues will kind of dissipate Correct. after yes. a few weeks? Yes. So after a few weeks, as you said, Jessica, if it doesn't, if you're still feeling this way, then then what should someone do? 
So we usually, I know for, from our perspective as a nurse, we educate if they start feeling those emotions or if we even um, educate the loved ones in the room, if they're seeing signs of detachment, they need to notify the providers so that we can start them on some type of medication regimen, get them contacted with social work or, or whatever, whatever the case might be. So if you experience this with one baby, is it going to happen with the second baby? Is there any guarantee or? Not necessarily. Um, we have a lot of moms that will have it with one, not have it with another. There's really, I, I've never found any rhyme or reason with the postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, certainly, again, a history of mental health is always going to put moms at a higher risk for postpartum symptoms. So we try to educate them sooner rather than later, like during pregnancy, of having a game plan for how to cope with that postpartum to try to um, be proactive with that. Some moms will have it after their first, you know, a big life change. They didn't know what to expect. They didn't know how hard it would be. Um, they maybe a lot of moms will say they would have made a lot of changes. They would have done a lot of things different. For some moms, we'll see it after their second one or their third one. And um, I think often the result of that is you jump back into you go home and you're going to take try to take care of everyone and be super mom and forget that you still need that postpartum bonding and healing time with your baby and you still have to have that help um, those first couple weeks with having a newborn so they'll work themselves to exhaustion essentially Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get it again it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll have it after every pregnancy I think the biggest thing is just the more people are educated on it and informed and learn what to look for and how to cope with it, um, the more, um, or I guess the less we will see it. Um, I don't know that there's ever been any formal studies, but I know with postpartum psychosis, it's pretty common to get that after um, after you have another pregnancy. But mm-hmm. again, there's no way to tell for sure if that will happen. So it can happen to anyone. anyone. Absolutely anybody. So we talked about more the depression end of things where there's detachment, not wanting to engage. What about the other extreme where it's extreme anxiety and constant worry? And So a lot of times with anxiety, we will see moms who are so worried and thinking every worst case scenario that they cannot even function. A lot of times you'll see moms can't sleep. They can't sleep because they can't take their eyes off baby, um, constantly looking to make sure baby's breathing or is sleeping okay or every little noise they're easily startled by. A lot of times they aren't eating. Um, they aren't able to let anybody else, whether that be there's the father of the baby or any other family members, help out with baby, um, again, because they're so worried about all of those things that could occur. Um, we also have, you know, OCD and things like that, that, um, they might start, you know, some sort of habit with OCD of, you know, maybe washing their hands, um, or washing the baby or things like that because they're so worried about the baby getting sick or germs being near the baby or anyone touching the baby, things like that. So how does one deal with that? Because you in your mind, you're thinking, I'm 
there's, I mean, I'm doing everything right. I'm doing everything to protect my baby. There's nothing wrong with me. Absolutely. So I always tell moms to be mindful of symptoms of postpartum depression, anxiety. We go over what those symptoms look like. We give them education in their discharge paperwork. Now, most moms at some point are going to have maybe a day or two where they're feeling depressed and detached for baby, from baby, maybe a day or two where they're feeling extra anxiety or maybe their older kids are sick and that's making them very anxious about their newborn. Things like that will happen and that's perfectly fine. What we tell moms or what I emphasize to moms is if you are uncomfortable with how you're feeling, if you feel like it is starting to negatively impact how you take care of your children, how you function in that role on a daily basis, if you feel like it is negatively impacting relationships, if you're feeling detached from baby, or you can't even function, we want you to reach out for help. There's certainly a wide variety of treatment options that we can go over with moms, um, but mostly I think we're trying to do better at telling moms and educating moms of you don't have to feel miserable. We want you to enjoy your baby and enjoy your other kids and enjoy this time in your life to the fullest extent possible. And if for whatever reason you aren't feeling that, please reach out and let us talk to you and let us see if we can figure out what is going on. And again, it, I mean, we educate the support people and those that are close to the to the moms because sometimes they recognize those symptoms before we would have recognized them ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we make sure to to include them in their education before they leave. So you talked about treatment. What is the treatment? Is it medication? Is it talk therapy? What what's all involved? Partly that depends, I think, on what the mom is comfortable with. Um, some moms are not comfortable with medication or don't feel like they're to the point where they need that. Um, our providers are really good at working with moms and going over those options as far as medications, but I've also had a lot of moms that found counseling more beneficial or somebody to talk to. So there's a very wide range of things that we can do, and I think it involves the first thing is kind of sitting down and talking with that mom to see what exactly is going on, what level we're at with those symptoms and where what can we do to start obviously if we're in a crisis situation if a mom's having thoughts of harm towards themselves or others um, psychosis things like that we're going to look at um, potentially an emergency um, like behavioral health admission to get stabilized and get those symptoms better with medications. Mm -hmm. If we're looking at depression, anxiety, sometimes we can start with medications, but um, treatment for mental health is always going to be most successful when you combine medication and therapy. Mm -hmm. So we really try to push moms if we do start a medication to please consider somebody to talk to an outside third party, even just to work through, again, this big change in your life, these symptoms that you're going through and help you start to feel like yourself again. But I think a lot of people have found that that therapy and that talking has been very beneficial with postpartum depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. So with some treatment, maybe some medication, some therapies, when can a mom start to feel better? 
gosh it's hard to say everybody's different yeah Yeah. some moms will start a medication and feel better before they leave the hospital right um some moms it takes a little bit um some moms will continue medications into their next pregnancies um or start it during their next pregnancy again to just be proactive with with um those symptoms but I think everybody's different just kind of depends yeah. on what's going on. Yeah, it could take days, it could take a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's just patient dependent, person dependent. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk a little about you two have a passion for this topic and I want you to explain why. I know it goes just beyond what you do for a living. So for me, my passion was always to do labor and delivery. It's something I always wanted to do. Um, I think the stigma around postpartum depression and the anxiety or mood disorders that go along with it, um, they don't, they're not talked about enough. So as we bring awareness, you're going to see um, those risks and those um, poor outcomes decrease. So I think we just want to bring awareness to the community and bring connections between people that all have, have all experienced those. I was not always drawn to <laughs> labor and delivery, I'll be honest about that. But when I fell into it, I did start to really love um, working with moms. And then I think even then when I had my own child and my experience after um, labor and delivery with him, that kind of started to spark a lot of we need to talk about these things. These things aren't discussed. It's not acceptable that they're not discussed. Um, I follow a lot of, you know, social work feeds and things. And um, what blew my mind was just women's health care and maternal mental health. And in 2023, how behind the times we are of taking care of our moms. Um, I, I like to kind of advocate for the underdogs, so to speak. So <laughs> these moms that were saying, here, you just had this baby. And if you think about what your body goes through having a baby and then good luck to you, hope for the best. I, I find that a little unacceptable. Um, I think that we can do better with, with educating moms and, and like Jess said, bringing an awareness to the fact that it's okay for you to struggle. It's okay for you to have bad days. It's okay for you to be angry with your child occasionally. Um, there's no right or wrong way to feel after you have a baby. Um, and I think that we, I've become passionate about making sure moms know that's okay. Whatever they're feeling is okay and we can help them through it. So that was kind of what led to, like, I'm going to get certified in perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. And then I started doing research with various agencies and companies that do that. And I found one that is the only um, company I found that solely focuses on maternal mental health that is their mission. That is all they do is raise awareness. They provide support groups and um, hot 24-7 hotline support to moms um, and try to raise awareness, but also funds to support those services solely for maternal mental health. Um, they educate 
providers, they educate professionals that work with um, mothers. So it kind of got me passionate about let's do better. Let's talk about these things. There is no guideline or legislator or anything like that in place that requires anybody to evaluate a mom's mental health. The state of Illinois has guidelines, IDPH has guidelines for doing that once. We do it once during pregnancy. We do that twice postpartum. So one time at one of the follow-up pediatrician appointments and then at your initial follow-up with your OBGYN, they will do um, a depression screener. Mm-hmm. Other hospitals do pretty similar with following those guidelines, but there is nothing to require any hospital or any provider or anybody to to do that at this time. They actually just put out some um, report cards, like they looked into maternal mental health and the state-by-state of monitoring that and how well each state does, and no state scored above a C. Most of them actually were D's and F's. And this was very basic things like, do you have a screener that you use? Do you follow guidelines? Do you have um, insurance that pays for those screeners to be completed? Um, it was pretty basic things. And so as a country, we're not doing really well. We are right. not doing well. We are not doing well. No. Yep. We, we, we require testing for... Diabetes, we require testing a ton of lab work for different things, but we do not require anything to evaluate uh, maternal mental health. But there's also a lot of studies to show just how mental health during pregnancy and immediately after can affect a kid's development their entire life. Mm-hmm. Well, and mental health in general is on mm-hmm. the rise in oh, everybody yeah. all over the yeah. country. So add pregnancy onto that, it yes, seems right. like it's fairly likely that it could happen to you. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So if a mom's listening and they're thinking, oh, boy, that sounds like me, what advice mm-hmm. do you have for her? Reach out. Reach out. Please reach out. Don't hesitate to call. Call your provider's office. Let them know what's going on. They will get you in as soon as possible. You can ask to talk to a social worker. Um, I follow moms over in the clinic. There's a lot of social workers that are in um, women's health care, not just at our hospital. So please just reach out, look at resources online through Postpartum Support International. They have a lot of good information and support groups and um, tips for coping and things like that. Okay. Well, thank you ladies for coming on and talking. You're doing great work. Tara mentioned Postpartum Support International. You can learn more about this resource at postpartum.net. They offer a helpline for non-emergency questions and concerns at 1-800-944-4773, or you can text the word HELP to that same number. If you are in crisis, call 911 or the Suicide and Crisis Hotline at 988. Remember, the information that we present in HealthStyles podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a substitute for medical care. Please reach out to your provider if you have questions or concerns. That's our podcast, and we thank you so much for joining us. 
To learn more about the services and providers of Sarah Bush Lincoln, head over to our website at sarahbush.org. That's Sarah with an H. Until next time, this is Lori Banks, your host for Health Styles. Have a great day.